This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned in to the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. This week, we're going to be looking at Kokidama. That's Japanese for Moss Ball, the latest sensation that's slowly gaining traction among plant lovers here in the country. Unlike terrariums, Kokidama's uniqueness lies in its shape. Instead of relying on a pot, Kokidama's soil is shaped like a ball, and while moss is usually present, the Malaysian version forego the moss due to our climate. What else can we learn about it? I speak to Naim Shafi'i, the person behind My Kokidama, a platform that provides custom-made Kokidamas to clients to find out more. I'm Naim, so I am a chemical engineer by profession, but I do kokedama as my side hobby. Lah. I live in Kepung, near Sungai Buloh, where I get most of my plants from. Lah. Um, so how long have you dabbled with kokedama? So I've been in this kokedama state for like six months now. So it's all started during MCO. I think everyone is trying to do some soul searching during MCO, being co-fi in the house and everything. And I came across this interesting online page. Uh, I think it's Instagram page uh, showing this cute ball of a plant. For you guys that don't know Kokodama, Kokodama is actually a Japanese term for a moss ball. So what they do is actually the Japanese, they take a plant and plant it in a, in a ball-like structure and surrounded the plant with moss. So that's why you call it, call it a moss ball. And in Japanese, it's called kokodama. And in Indonesia or Malaysia, we kind of like change it a, a bit instead of using moss because our climate is not really for mosses to grow. So we use like coconut husk and we tie it with a string. So... It's still called Kokodama Moss Ball, but it's not really Moss Ball. Yeah, I started that during MCO and started because I, I came across this page and I think like, hmm, this, this, this thing is really interesting. And I found out the price is actually quite expensive. And that kind of like triggers my passion on like trying to do it on my own. And yeah, it turns out it's quite easy to make. I think anyone can make it. But uh, you need some patience and also some skills to kind of like make the ball. Uh, yeah. Can, can you, I guess, tell us a bit more about Kokedama? How long has it been around? And uh, as with other things that come from Japan, is there any cultural significance or philosophy that comes with Kokedama? Oh, so I think from what I understand from the culture itself, if you know Japanese, they like to do a mini plant. If you know bonsai, it started from there. And then... Japanese are, they really into in this fine art of like a slow and kind of like fine tuning your plant. For bonsai, it takes years and years to grow. And I think for kokodama as well, they like to preserve the plant and for the plant itself to like grow as slow as it could. So that's why they kind of like stunted the growth and then make it like a ball-like structure. And I think that's just like a preference or the cultural aspect of it in Japanese uh, era but in Malaysia I think it's still quite new. The one that is very popular and where it takes off is in Indonesia where if you find um, in YouTube 
there's like tons of videos where Indonesians have this tutorial on how to make them. And it really provides good income, for example, like they have a lot of work at home mothers there. And then they use Kokodama as a side income. Um, and it's really popular for young people there where they use Kokodama as gift. Um, I saw even they have like a use it as a Valentine's gift to give their partners. Yeah, so it's interesting application or cultural side of Kokodama depends on region. Yeah, uh, we mentioned bonsai as a good example. And I think people have described Kokodama as poor man's bonsai. Is Kokodama as tricky or as difficult to take care of compared to bonsai? Uh, no, definitely not. So if you if you know someone that has bonsai, if you just go to nursery and then kind of approach the bonsai owner, you will find that they will tell you that bonsai takes years and years to prepare. And it's very tricky to take care of. But for Kokodama, it's actually, um, it's quite a non-hassle plant to take care of. So it really depends on, first, the type of plant you choose. If you choose a, a sturdy plant, a very um, versatile plant, and you make that into a Kokodama, it should be an easy plant to take care of. So what I normally do is actually I choose the plant that is like very uh, sturdy and can be not so in a lady call it manja, and use that plant more and then recommend for my customer to choose that plant because it's easier to adapt and it's not so fussy to take care of. Yeah. Mm. How do people approach Kokodama? Uh, is it a plant that people, I guess, find joy in actually creating or is it a, the kind of plant that people would rather buy and have it uh, be put somewhere in your house. So, so what was the, I guess, appeal or attraction of a kokodama? Making it yourself or I guess just buying it and having it as part of your decoration in the house? In my experience, I think people just enjoy having the kokodama without making it. So because I can tell you the process of making the kokodama is quite tedious. Uh, you need some experience to mold the plant and then kind of like tie it all together. And it takes time to do it and you have to like really spend some hours to prepare one kokodama but i think people just find it easier to just buy from a store and then you can keep it in office and put it as a decoration yeah people just tends to find it easier to have kokodama in that sense rather than making it from scratch yeah. Do you think that it's fair to compare kokodama to, I guess, another trendy kind of plant uh, that I'm not sure that it's still as trendy, but you know, you know, terrarium. Yeah. So, so is is kokodama more comparable to terrarium or more comparable to like bonsai in terms of, I guess, trend and appeal, especially among the younger demographic? Uh, I would say it is more comparable to terrarium in the sense that it is more. Portable. So for bonsai, you, you need to put it like a one place and then it's just not really um, suitable for, for example, in office or in like a weird corner in your house that you want to put something as a small desk. But for terrarium and uh, kokodama, it's more versatile in a sense. But for from what I know for terrarium, it involves a lot of succulents and there's more plants in one terrarium. So the the taking care of it is actually quite trickier than kokodama. So kokodama is just one single plant and a leafy plant um, in a sense, and it's more sturdy and more versatile compared to terrarium. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So walk us through the process of making uh, a kokedama, right? Uh, what are the quote unquote ingredients or what are the things that you need in order to, I guess, produce one kokedama? Okay. So from what I learned, and it differs from one person to another, first you have, uh, you need to have a coconut husk and you need to have the soil, the main ingredient, the soil and the plant itself. And you need a special thread so that it won't rot. I use nylon thread, which I find in uh, a typical store where you find these threading supplies. So those are the uh, the normal uh, ingredients that we use law. And I'll cover the soil first. So the soil really is uh, depends on plant type. So if you find the plant need more aeration, so in simple terms, it needs more space in the soil so that it can drain easier. So I would put some, instead of just organic soil, I'll put just some small stones, they call it pumice, or some, it's like gravel-like small stones to put some space in the soil. Other than that, um, to be honest, I always just use normal organic soil that I buy from the store, um, and it works well right now. And how you do it, you just have this plant. Um, I think a smaller plant would be better, and kind of like make it, the ball slightly, uh, the soil so that you can mold it into a ball. And from there, you need to have like a very good base, which is a round base. And if you have a good round shape at the base, it's easy for you to mold it, envelop it with a coconut husk, and then you can wrap it with a thread. If you messed up in the ball structure in the beginning, you won't get a perfect sphere-like structure in the end. So yeah. And in terms of fertilizer, uh, some people might might find it quite uh, not agreeing with me um, in this sense. Um, but to be fair, some plants or most of the plants in my garden, well, I take care of some of it, but mostly of my mom's. We don't put fertilizers on them. Um, it's just that after one year, the soil becomes um, already used up. So you replace the soil with a new soil and you get nutrients out of it. Same with my kokodama. I don't put any fertilizer in the soil. You just replace it with a new soil and plant should be good to go. How often do you have to replace the soil? So for kokodama, it will last up to one year. I've had an instance of the root coming out from the kokodama. So when the roots start to come out from the coconut husk, you can replace it. The longest I have, when the root come out is six months, but it's still surviving. So I'll I'll test its endurance. But when you see the plant is a bit struggling to grow a new uh, root, uh, sorry, a new leaf, or it's like it keeps on losing leaf and then it's not showing signs of um, recovering. So the thing is, when you first got the kokodama, it's normal to have like some browning in your leaves. So what you want to see is actually it browns and then it stops for a while and then it will start new leaf growth. But if that doesn't happen for a long time and it start, you can see the plant start uh, deteriorating. So it's time to rescue the plant, uh, replace the plant with a new soil. Yeah, just uh, rescue the plant <laughs> in conclusion. Yeah. That was Naim Shafi'i from Maiko Kidama giving us a bit of an introduction on the moss ball that's now the rage among plant lovers. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and this is I Love KL on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and joining me this week is Naim Shafi'i. He's from My Kokodama, a platform that creates boutique kokodamas for clients. In case you're not familiar with it, kokodama is Japanese moss ball and it's growing in popularity among plant lovers here in the city. Naim has given us a bit of a background regarding it and we're going to continue learning about it by looking at the kind of plants that can be turned into kokodamas. Take it away Naim. So for my customer, I would advise them to go for an easy plant first. So easy plant is um, photos. I'm sure that you guys have seen this, like they call it a money plant. It's just a normal, there's different variety of photos, but photos are very durable and very adaptable to any environment. You can put them anywhere, they will survive. So. That is the Kokodama. And other one, the other one is like very versatile is Sensiviria. It's very famous now. The in Malay they call it the Lida uh Marmatur. Um it's a Sensiviria, it's a long elongated leaves. It's very popular now. It's a very versatile plant as well to be made into Kokodama. But there's actually no limits to as to what can be Kokodama or not. Um for all indoor plants, if it's if it's like a, a very kind of like nice structure of a stalk and you can put it nicely in a ball. If it can grow in a pot, uh, if it can grow indoor, it can be made into a kokodama. But I've had some plants that I find challenging to grow. So I have a request to grow what I call the pitcher plant. Pitcher plant in uh, Malay, they call it priyokara. So pitcher plant is a carnivorous plant. It is actually... I'm not sure you can call it a parasitic plant, but there's another term that I need to look it up. But uh, it does not need like a rich soil. So for pitcher plant or types of ferns, these are parasitic plant and they grow on, if you in the well, right, they grow on some other barks of trees. So we use, uh, normally the medium is not soil. So it needs like a, uh, I, I use sphagnum moss. So this medium is not nutrient rich. It does not need a lot of nutrient. But for pitcher plant, I found out that it's actually quite sensitive to the environment and it needs some sort of like a control environment. And I'm not really sure whether it's really related to the being made into a ball or anything. But when I experimented with it, it does not thrive well in a kokodama settings law. In that sense, I wouldn't suggest for like first timer just to go do picture plant like exotic plant straight away. Maybe start with like a beginner's plant like photos or Sesaviria, or you can try Caladium or uh, in Malay they call it Kaladi. Um, those works well as well. Continuing on that, must the plants be hung or suspended in the air, or can you also put it on like a plate or a pot? Oh. I put it in a plate. So it can, for kokodama, it's quite versatile. So if you have like a rope or some sort of hanging material, it can be hung. Um, and I think it's more aesthetically pleasing also if you can hang it somewhere. And it also saves some space if you have like a limited space in your garden. But yeah, it can be hung and also put in a, on a plate. Yeah, there's no limit to how you want to style your kokodama, yeah. 
Mm. And just now you said that it takes a bit of time to actually prepare it. How, how long does it take usually for you to actually produce one kokodama? Um, it ranges from one hour to two hours. Depends on the complexity of the plant. Sometimes I need to redo it, um, open up the ball again because of sometimes the roots are coming out. Um, sometimes the plant itself does not have a very uniform root structure so that needs some root trimming as well so it depends on the complexity of the plant yeah how, how do you take care of a kokodama like for example uh, let's talk about the sunlight situation does it need mm-hmm. direct or indirect sunlight oh so kokodama like normal like for other plants as well the rule of thumb for indoor plants if you don't overwater it and don't underwater it so when you fill it with your if you have a plant that is potted, you can fill the soil with your hand and then see whether it's dry or not. But for kokodama, there's no way to fill like that. One thing you can do with kokodama is that when you fill, when you lift it up, you see it is lighter. So that's the uh, indication that it uh, needs some water. Or you can see from the leaf if it starts drooping a bit. So you, need, you know it needs some water. In terms of sunlight, um, it depends on your settings so, and also the plant itself. For a plant that is needing more light, place it near window. But if plants like, a, for example, I have a potos or, and also like a bird nest fern. In this office, we have some plants and we uh, put it in our desk uh, five days a week. And the other two days during weekend, we put it near the window. So that kind of like uh, gives some time for the plant to have some exposure for sunlight. And in terms of other cares, um, be very careful on the temperatures and also the humidity in your place. For example, if you're in your house, um, you don't have air conditioner on, on, then your humidity is not a problem because Malaysia is quite humid. But for example, in the office settings, what we found that is that it's quite dry in the office. And you can see the some of the plant that is more sensitive will start browning a bit because of the lack of humidity. It's too dry. The air is too dry. So you need to water the plant more to keep it moist. Yeah. Mm. And how do you actually water a kokodama? If I'm not mistaken, you have to just submerge it in, in a bowl of water. Yes, you're correct. Um, so basically... You take a bowl that is uh, that can fit the kokodama ball entirely and fill up the bowl and submerge the ball into that bowl of water for a few seconds until you feel that the ball is heavy and then you put it out and you drain it and you're good to go. What's the best way to make it a part of our household in terms of positioning it or putting it in, you know, in, in our household. You mentioned earlier that kokodama is a more suitable plant to be put in a weird corner in our house. Uh, is, that, is that how you think about, I guess, styling it or positioning it uh, within our household? Yeah, it really depends. Um, the advantage of having a kokodama is actually it's small and you can put it anywhere that you want. If you have like a smaller desk, you can put it there. Um, you can't really do that with a large plant. But yeah, um, uh, if your house is uh, there's enough lighting, um, you can put it like uh, in a edge of a corner and it's okay. But do try to put it like near sunlight, where it's 
it's easier for the plant to receive more sunlight and for it to grow. Otherwise, it will be hard for the plant to uh, thrive. But what I do in my, my house is that in terms of styling it, I do put plants together. So when you put like some, you have a table and then put larger plants and also put some smaller kokodama around it, it creates a more um, aesthetic um, look. Yeah, it, it's, it looks better if it pairs with other plant in, a, in that settings lot. If it's on its own, it might look a bit, a bit lonely, <laughs> if you say. So try to group your plants together as well. Um, and also, I think um, putting the plants together also helps in terms of uh, creating a space where the moisture is higher in that, in that area. So it helps one plant, helps the other plants um, to maintain the moisture around it. So yeah, that helps if you group the plant together. Okay. Uh, earlier you mentioned that Kokodama is relatively new in Malaysia, right? But it has a, it already has a following in Indonesia, right? Yes. Uh, how, how long has it been around in Malaysia and do you foresee it to grow uh, anytime soon? So when I look at like past um, records of Instagram, even in Facebook, um, I think it's just been around for the past three years, but um, the growth is not really taking off because uh, I think for Malaysians, we're not big on the kind of like small plant scene yet. I think the trend now is terrarium and also succulent plants and um, normal potted plants. But uh, the interest um, is not there yet in terms of kokodama. There's, there's some, but it's not taking off. But I do see uh, in the future some potential for this uh, to take off. I see even in my Instagram page, just random requests asking me to produce kokodama for them. Uh, I'm not sure what's the reason for the slow growth. Maybe it's a bit pricey to have kokodama. But yeah, I think it's going to grow soon, but um, not at a fast rate lah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Let's talk about my kokodama. Uh, so you produce kokodamas uh, to be sold, but do you accept like uh, custom orders as well? Well, mostly I accept custom orders. I do have some ready-made kokodama in my house, but um, the the numbers are not big, so I normally have them custom made. What I do is actually I will request for the customer to look through my page and see which plant that they like. And I would personally go to the nursery and handpick the plants and send them pictures of the plant before I purchase them. Because um, what you see in my Instagram page, it's not going to be exactly the same plant that you purchased from the nursery. So every kokodama is different in that sense. So I need to like, be very connected to my customer in terms of like what they want, um, which one that they like and which one that doesn't work for them. Mm, okay. I, I know your business is still relatively new, but uh, do you have any other plans to, I guess, provide like a different avenue to the business? For example, maybe providing workshops for people who would like to learn how to, how to make their own kokodama? Yeah. Um, for now, uh, no. Um, but I do know that's an interesting question. Um, there is uh, other kokodama maker that provide workshop around KL, but I do 
I am interested to just make a potential like a Instagram video or just a YouTube video on tutorial how to make kokodama. I think it's um it's a beneficial just to share this hobby of mine, like how to make kokodama so that people can learn as well and kind of like share the joy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for people out there who like to find out more about what what you do, uh, where can they find you? Oh, okay. So can just go to my Instagram. My Instagram handle is my kokodama, m y k o k e d a m a a. So my kokodama. Um, it's a picture of a cute ball kokodama. Uh, it's a sensitive plant. So yeah, that's that's me. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Naim Shafi'i from MyKokidama, a platform that makes Kokidama's Japanese moss balls for its clients and we've been learning about what Kokidama is. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Remember to maintain physical distancing and stay safe. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.